Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Grip Podcast, episode 24. I'm Tim McNip, alongside PhD Cinder Kampoff, certified mental performance coach, keynote speaker, esteemed professor at Mankato's, Minnesota State University, Mankato, and founder and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, which provides keynotes and trainings to business and sports teams seeking to help you, your staff, or your athletes how to gain the high performance edge. You can contact Cinder via email at Sindra at cindracampoff.com or me at timmcniff.com slash contact. As I said off the top, this is episode 24. And as I welcome in Dr. Kampoff, uh, we all saw things in the news that led us to believe that something had the potential of happening. But since the last time we spoke, uh, our world has literally turned upside down. So my first question is, Sindra, how are you? I am doing okay. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I am thankful for, uh, we always say at the end, you know, how much we enjoy doing this and being thankful for each other. I'm going to say at the top, I'm thankful that I ran into your content and I'm thankful that I've had this opportunity to go on this journey with you because I feel now more than ever that your work is needed and your content is needed because we are so crazy and full disclosure to everyone. We were talking before we went on. We are in the fifth practice, practice number five, which is dominate the controllables. And we are in a situation where that's all you can control is what you can control because so much of it is outside of our control. Yes. Yeah, I am more grateful than ever to have these strategies to use on myself and um, to be able to deliver this message today. I have had a a week that uh, has been a whirlwind, just like everyone else. And, um, you know, for me, I think it started to get real on Sunday morning when my husband's life started changing. He's a school principal, and I knew my kids were going to be home. And then all of a sudden, it was like, wow, this is really happening. And there was a few nights I couldn't sleep, you know, and I thought, I have all of these skills. I need to use these skills and I need to calm my fear and anxiety. And I think what's really important to know right now is like fear lives in the future. And it's really easy to spend way too much time focused on the future right now and to feel the fear. But I think the key is, is to choose gratitude instead. And once I started to do that, Tim, once I started to consume the news less and uh, just be more grateful, it happened um, for me on Wednesday, I was shooting a video Every Wednesday, I post a video on on my social media channels called Wisdom Wednesdays, and I chose gratitude to talk about, and then it shifted my focus. So 
I think, you know, a couple of important points as people are listening today, we must dominate the controllables, which we'll talk about a little bit more today. We must choose gratitude over fear um, because there's so many unknowns and our survival instincts are just kicking in, right? That's why we experience the fear because all of a sudden we're not sure if we can get enough food <laughs> and toilet paper. <laughs> and and how are we going to pay for it all? And how are we going to pay for it all? Um, and so that's one of the reasons why you're feeling the fear right now. And I think it's really important to know these are just automatic, automatic thoughts. You can change your focus. And, and um, I have been using questions like, uh, what's the opportunity here to help me? And uh, there's a, a, um, a strategy in the book called Three Op. And that's actually where you ask yourself, what's the opportunity three times? And I've had to ask myself that opportunity, like, what's the opportunity here every day, many times throughout my day? And I realize it's an opportunity for me to grow and learn. And it's an opportunity for me to tell my family how much I love them. And it's an opportunity for me to thrive despite all the chaos. And we all can do that by taking back our power and realizing we have these mental school tools and strategies within us that we can use. It's been an extraordinary week for me in the sense that um, I work out of my home, so I don't have to necessarily go anywhere. And um, we were on self-quarantine. I had a daughter who had traveled um, first to New York to see her sister and then had gotten on a plane and gone to London. As this whole thing was just really wow. you know, kind of like somebody lit that match while she was over there. Wow. And my wife and I said, had this been a week later, we never would have let her go. Mm -hmm. uh, but as it was, she came back and we said, she got back um, Sunday the 8th and we said, you know, and she did too, you know, that she's like, I don't think I can go to work. I have a coworker who's fighting cancer and I don't know if I've been exposed to this and what if I infected him? And I said, well, definitely call in. But then I looked at my wife and I said, we shouldn't go either because now we've, we've gone, well, my wife's like, yeah, that's not an option. I have to go into work. So she went to work and did this. So my daughter kept calling and she was running a low grade fever. And, but none of the, none of the signs that we had kind of been told was COVID-19, but you know, you hear different people saying it's manifested in different ways. So finally last Saturday, the 15th, she gets the 14th, she gets actually tested and they okay. say she'll have a result in 48 hours. Well, Monday comes and my wife, like I have, to, we, we like almost like had to restrain my wife physically. We tell her not, you can't go to work. So she doesn't go to work, but tells work and works. They're bent out of shape that she's not coming in. And um, so we said, we have to, we're finding out the test results today. We'll let you know. Monday comes and goes. And so she calls and they said, well, you, it takes four to five days. We'll let you know by Wednesday, Thursday at the latest. Oh, Thursday wow. at four o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, well, you got to call again. And then they, they were truthful. And they said, yeah, you're one of probably 1,200 samples that are still frozen and haven't been tested because we don't have the test. So, so as you and I are recording this, it is Saturday the uh, 21st. So as of tomorrow, she'll have been home two weeks and she has self-quarantined and my wife is self-quarantined for a week. I have pretty much self-quarantined for two weeks. So, you know, we feel like we've done our part. I have not never felt sick, you know, and my daughter doesn't appear to be showing that anymore either. Okay. But, you know, so we were kind of immersed in this and just afraid, are we going to be those people who are going to transmit this right. you know, from the outside? So it's been... Now, now, my other daughter is in Manhattan. 
So I'm like, oh, I'm watching that situation. The governor and the, the mayor talk about this. My wife, every day she sees that news and she just about comes unglued. And I keep saying, she's fine, she's fine. She wants to be with her social group. And finally, I, I said to my wife, something that I say quite often is, you never want to find yourself on the wrong side of history. So it's better to proceed on with caution rather than, you know, recklessly. And um, so I finally looked at my wife and I said, you know, you're right. We have to call her. We have to talk to her. And we have to say, safer in Minnesota than it is in New York. Do you want to come home? Where do you want to be? And she's an adult, so she makes that decision. But if I don't give her that opportunity and something does bad happen to her, right. how is my wife going to forgive me? How right. am I going to forgive myself? Right. So th that's that's kind of what I've been wrestling wow. with this week. And did she decide to stay there? And she decided to we're, we're You know what? I'll keep you. It's a cliffhanger. We haven't had the conversation yet. Yeah. As of this recording, it's on the docket for today. Yeah. So uh, if she says to come, you know, um, either we're going to put her on a plane or else I will be off the crack of dawn tomorrow morning and I'll be in, you know, uh, Manhattan less than, you know, a day and a half later and I'll pick her up and we'll get right back in the car again and we'll drive back home. There are so many unknowns and that's why it's easy to live in fear right now. And, uh, you know, I think what's most important is you have to know the facts. You have to keep yourself safe. You know, we, I mean, I must watch the news so I can keep myself safe, but I can live in that future way too much and I can go to the worst case scenario and stay there. And it's important that we know what the worst case scenario is so we can plan, but we at the same time can't live there and we have to know it and then get back to what we can control, which is today's episode. Perfect. Yeah, no, today's episode, this is, a, this is episode number 24. We're in the fifth practice, which is dominate the controllables. And, and before we do that, though, uh, we were talking beforehand, Sandra, and you felt very strong about the fact that you had come up with three things that yes. you wanted to gift our listeners, our yes. followers with, to help everyone navigate this uncontrollable situation. So the first thing that I want to say is that um, we can't take a day off of training our mind. So this is the first point is to continue to train your mind during this time. It's a great opportunity to do so and it, when there's a lot of chaos. So uh, remember what we talked about is like awareness is the first step of training your mind. And I think it's really important right now just to be aware of how you're feeling and, uh, and talk to somebody if you need to, right? Or just talk to somebody about what's going on. So that would be my first point. Second point is going to be what we're going to talk about today is dominating the controllables and making sure your focus is on things you can control. Last episode, we talked about APE is really what we can control. A stands for our attention. What are we paying attention to? Our attitude, our actions. P stands for we can control our passion and our purpose. This is a more important time than ever to remind yourself what you're passionate about, what your purpose is, and we can control our preparation. Are we prepared for, uh, for, for what's happening in the world? And then E is our emotions. We can control those even despite all the things that are happening in our world. We can control our effort and we can control um, uh, our energy. We can, it's, it's, it's difficult and there's some things that are impacting our energy, but we can control it. And then the last point is, just pay attention to your focus. Um, I have some awesome focus improving questions that I've been using and I posted them on social media this week and some focus improving questions are like, what's the opportunity here? How can I grow through this? What can I learn right now? Um, also, what's amazing about my family? What's amazing about my life right now? What's going wonderful about my work? 
Who is around me to support me? What progress have I made? Uh, what can I be thankful for? And just focusing on those qu questions can really change your focus and change how you feel, which helps you dominate the controllables. And, and if I may just add to that, um, you know, part of the extraordinary week for me was, um, you know, I do strategic communication consulting. And I have never once gone on LinkedIn and said, this is what I do. If you need my help, you know, do this. And uh, I've never done it. I, I just, I just have had enough work um, through connections and through just people that I know, whatever, that, that I've had enough projects where I've always just been busy enough where I've never felt the need to quote unquote advertise my services. Yeah. And then this past week, I had people all of a sudden just calling me saying, yeah. we're all here. We can't do businesses. We can't do conventions. We can't go to meetings. We can't take people to lunch. You know, we can't host uh, an event. What do we do? And, and I was like, oh, yes, okay. So I've suddenly found that, you know, those services are, are more in demand than ever. And um, so I had an extraordinarily busy week, but I feel like, you know, so rewarding in the sense that I'm helping people and, and not just, you know, you know teaching, that sort of thing, but, but really giving them, hearing them say, oh, no, that makes sense. And I have a plan now. So I, I just feel like I feel gratitude that I've been able to help yeah. people and, and give back. And so yeah. you wrote a book that's over 300 pages. It's 10 practices, 52 chapters. And the one thing I, I come back to all the time, all the time is, is, you know, things don't happen to you. Yes. They happen for you. Yes. And if you don't see that, then you have to keep turning it, keep bending it, keep looking at it from a different perspective to figure out what that is. And I, you know, I'm, I don't mean to discount anything else that you've written or said or any of the rest of it, but that's the one that always, always, always I come back to. That has become my condition. And I say it to my daughter and I say it to my wife. And, and uh, so I thank you, you know, for, for giving me that, that, uh, that go-to. That's been my, my go-to and never more so than this past week. I've had to use it myself as well, and I realized that uh, when I ask myself that, right, how is this happening for me, not to me, it helps me take more of a creator approach to my life and not a victim approach. Well, I wrote a piece about you this past week. I wrote a story about you that was published on the, uh, um, the Beyond the Bench uh, podcast, or the uh, blog page for the National Sports Center. And uh, because of everything else that was going on in Extraordinary, I didn't, I didn't promote that either, but that's going to change because sure. I'm going I'm to post it again on, um, on three different channels. I, this is my promise to you. And I'm going to do it because I'm going to tell people that even though, you know, if you want to check out this week's podcast, which I should because we are dealing with mindset in this time where we really don't know what's going on, and you're picking up almost exactly in the middle of our series, um, you'll get a flavor for what this is. And you'll you'll want to go back and, and start from the beginning. And we wish you would, um, because this isn't for us. This is for you. And um, it's it's just a wonderful, um, it's, it's, it's so great to be on this journey with you. And you've done such extraordinary work and continue to do that. And to know how many people can benefit from your work and hopefully this podcast, I I'm grateful. 
I'm grateful to be on today with um, everybody, and I'm grateful for this opportunity for people to listen, particularly in today's world and the message today. So I think we should dive in, Tim. Let's yep. go. We're 15 minutes in, and we haven't even gone forward. We always have to look back before we do. You touched on it earlier. Chapter 23 was Dominate Your Ape. You talked about what the APE stands for. So now the homework you assigned last time, do you remember what that was? The homework was for you to just pay attention to what you can, can't control and get your attention back to what you can and use the, the ape idea we talked about last time of just choosing a phrase like uh, ape up or dominate, if you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that means dominate the controllables. And what dominate just really means and why I chose that word is because we want to just notice when we're focusing on things we can't control and then boom, get it back to inside the circle, which is like, our attitude, our attention, our preparation, our passion, our emotions, and our energy. All right, and which takes us to chapter 24, which is Register for Responsibility 101. And you start this chapter quoting somebody else in a book they wrote. They tell a story about George Clooney. And so many times when we see people that, that are that is a, who are a star, and we tend to think, well, they're they're beautiful people physically, they're attractive, and they, they make a lot of money, and we always think that, they were born on third base. And this story was to tell you that for George Clooney, um, even though he had been on some television shows as basically a teenager, in between that and like his late 30s, there was like a 20-year gap where he didn't really have a lot. And he was um, not happy about it. Yes. And then he made a mind shift where he went from victim to creator. Talk about that. So he was really blaming the, sit, the system and he was frustrated because he was rejected in all of these additions. So he was blaming the system, blaming the decision makers, and he realized that he was in a rut and he started changing his frame. He changed his reference. He became more of a creator than a victim. And he realized that, um, that really the obstacle was not the producers, right? And so he put his, his perspective in the producers' minds, like in their shoes, and really tried to think of, like, how could he solve their problems? He thought about their pain points, and he cho chose no longer to be a victim. And he changed his perspective. And this, this shift from create, you know, victim to creator or to complaining, complaining and blaming to taking responsibility you know, really changed the trajectory of his career. And I've seen this in so many different ways, Tim, in my own work with people that um, it's easy to blame and complain. Those are all the things that you can't control. And those things don't lead to high performance. They don't lead to us really taking control of our mindset and taking control of our future and really um, kind of owning our power. They take away our power. So I was in this really cool workshop a couple of months ago, maybe six or eight months ago with Jack Canfield. So he wrote mm. a book. Um, well, you know, the guy who wrote like Chicken, Soul Chicken for Soup for the Soul series, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he also wrote a book that actually inspired my book, and it was uh, called Success Principles. And I remember reading it. I've read it like maybe four times. And he had us do this exercise where we turned to the person next to us, and he said, okay, um, we need to take 100% responsibility for our lives. And he said, turn to the person next to you and just say, if I took just a little bit more responsibility, and I think he said like 10% more responsibility, I would. And I thought to myself, well, I already take 100% responsibility. Like, I know this, right? I, I, this is what I do. 
But then when I was just, you know, taking just a 5% more, 1% more and turning to the person next to me, I was like, oh yeah, well, if I took 100% responsibility, I would exercise every day. I would, um, I would uh, do my grit priming exercise every day. I would, and I started just like, I would eat better. I would, mm-hmm. and then I realized, oh, wow, <laughs> I don't. So now every, every time when I go to bed at night, I just say, you know, did I take 100% responsibility today? If not, you know, that's okay. But next, tomorrow morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work to take 100% responsibility. So not be beating yourself up, um, but instead just um, owning, owning that perspective and owning that you are 100% responsible for everything that happens in your life. That's a big, a big statement, but a powerful statement to realize, it, you know, that I am responsible for everything I create, everything that I do, all the relationships that I have in my life. And I think that um, you know, this concept of, of taking 100% responsibility and then the way you just broke it down about all the things you think, okay, I, really, I don't do this or I could be better about this or better about that. Yeah. It, it, this whole thing, and you say too, you can't take a day off of training your mind. Well, it's kind of one of those statements you could say and kind of say it and then let it go and not think about it again. But I think what I've come to, to appreciate is this whole this whole concept is like gardening. I mean, yeah. part part of the garden is planting the seeds, yes. and then part of the part of the garden is watering, and then part of the garden is tending to the to the garden. You yeah. have to pull out weeds. You know, you have to you know make it conducive for the good things to grow, and you have to get the bad things out of there. And you can't leave it alone. You got to keep the birds out of there. You got to keep the other predators out of there. Who'll eat your you know your produce? So right. it's good. It really. Yeah, it really is something that, that, you know, it's it's something you can't just leave alone. It's not going to take care of itself, and it doesn't have to be drudgery. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to appreciate the fact you're probably not out there working in the garden if it's not sunshine. You're probably not out there working in the garden. You know, you're out there in the sun and the, and the, and the fresh air, and you're maybe getting a little bit of exercise, getting up and getting down, and then you get to enjoy the bounty from what it produces. So I think this whole thing is like gardening is the way I'm coming to think of it, you know, that, that it's never really finished. Yeah. And I think there doesn't have to be anything wrong with you to train your mind, right? Like you could be flourishing in this time period and, uh, and, and, you know, people who are flourishing are keeping their mind clean and clear, right? And nourishing that garden. Um, And the point is, is that, you know, you don't have to have anything wrong with you to train your mind. And it's about helping you flourish and thrive and be your best, particularly as an athlete or a coach right now, when you cannot control all these things that are happening or um, your season, you know, coming to a halt. You know, you have some uh, talking points in this chapter. We, when we blame others, we weaken our power and our ability to be high performers. The world's best know that they are the only person responsible for the quality of their life. They look inside and create the life and performance they desire. High performers take responsibility for their past and future. They realize that their choices and decisions led them to where they are today. And finally, to achieve high performance in sports, business, and life, recognize that you are in the driver's seat in your life. You have the steering wheel. Take control, and gosh darn it, drive. Drive it. (laughs) Drive it. Drive it. In the chapter, I also talk about taking a victim or creator approach. And and this is really a creator takes 100% responsibility, right? They solve problems. They take action. Um, they they are committed and in control of their lives. They choose to follow through, whereas a victim creates excuses and blames. And just remember that that is your automatic 
response, right? It can easily be. Uh, but when we blame, what you said is like we weaken our power. We're not able to be high performers. We, we condition ourselves to blame other people for our suffering. And, uh, and right now, more than ever, it's like making sure you take control of that mindset, that you're nurturing it in the morning. What's the first thought that you want to think of? What's your morning routine? Like that's the best way to nurture that right from the beginning. But then using these strategies and tools to be able to shift your focus when you really need to. Because there's so many things that we cannot control, Tim, um, and, but we can control our response to that. Homework for this week? Homework for this week is to notice yourself when you are engaging in the blame game and instead take responsibility for your perspective, decide to take 100% responsibility for your mindset, for your actions, for your decisions, and nurture that mindset so you can be at your best for your family, for your team, so you can be a high performer and leader. Your high performance power phrase. From this moment forward, I accept 100% responsibility for my future and my past. I give up excuses and victim language. I own my power. And uh, we have not discussed, and usually we'll ask each other beforehand because we haven't probably talked face-to-face in a week or so when we do these, we record these, um, we'll say, well, who's your gritty person of the week? And we haven't had that uh, conversation this week. So I'm interested to hear who is your gritty person of the week. I want you to go first today. Yeah, m- okay, mine's easy. Uh, mine are all the um, the caregivers and the and the first responders. Um, what we have found out is that we were, as a nation, woefully unprepared for this pandemic, despite the fact that um, not even recently. I mean, people have been predicting this for quite some time, and 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 long term and short term, we did not respond, and now we have people whose jobs are are to take care of us. Um, And they are going to do that. And they're going to do that without the proper protection uh, and or equipment. And they are going to have to deal with people and they're going to have to look people in the eye and say, I don't have a ventilator for you, or I don't have a respirator for you, or I don't have uh, whatever that the the, the proper test. And um, so mentally and physically, I can't imagine what they're going to be going through. And right now, there is no end in sight. So my gritty per- people of the week are the doctors, the nurses, and uh, the first responders who have to walk into situations and they may not have gloves, they may not have masks, and we're already seeing you know, fire departments where they're, they've all got COVID, you know, and, and so it's a, it's a difficult situation. Take a deep breath, everyone. <laughs> Breathe in. Breathe out. (laughs) Choose gratitude over fear. Choose gratitude. I am grateful for Governor Waltz. So if you are listening uh, throughout this world and don't live in Minnesota, our governor has responded, not reacted to this. I see his leadership in calm and in control. And uh, Tim, I used to run with Governor Waltz. (laughs) You did? I did. Uh, Yeah, I used to... um, uh, offer like when I was uh, really heavy into marathon training, I would offer Saturday morning runs and he would come. So we uh, have a great relationship. Love that man. And what I, le- I see him do right now is leading from courage and strength. And so he's my gritty person of the week. I could only imagine uh, what he is going through right now. And But I see his leadership and I see that he is staying calm 
and he's caring for himself. And as leaders, that's what we have to do. I was reading the study by a guy named Todd Herman, and he interviewed 29 CEOs last week on Wednesday. And um, there was group three, three groups of CEOs, and I want to share with you how they responded. It was all about their psychology and how it connects to Governor Walt. So first, the first group was a fear-focused group. They were five times more likely to consume media, and they were um, – uh, and they spent time blaming, not taking responsibility, right? Like, whose fault is this anyway? Everything we talked about not doing today. The second group was unfocused. They were using dramatic words like hysteria to explain what was happening. All right. And so their language created their psychology and how they were leading. The third group was a strategy focused group. They were more likely to lean on healthy networks, were more positive. That's what I see. Um, Governor Walt's doing. He's giving us the facts, uh, but he's coming from a place of calm, and um, and I know he's le- le- uh, leaning on his healthy network. And the most calm people, leaders, did meditation practices every morning. So you know, sometimes we think of like meditation as like hooey, right? But what that means is like breathing, having a great morning routine where you start your morning calm and cool and collected. And uh, it is more important than ever before to lead ourselves in this way, right? Even if you're not like a leader of a business or a leader of your state, um, you lead our, you lead yourself. And so we have to lead ourselves first in this moment. And um, those are just great um, takeaways from that study. And, and how it applies to Governor Walsh, too. And I, he started out his news conference yesterday. And the first thing he did, the very first thing he did, was thank the media for their accurate coverage and their dissemination of the information. And that has been such a different thing than we have been hearing now for certainly the last three plus years. And it's been a political strategy uh, for more than a decade. Blame the media. And, you know, he walked out there and he thanked the media. And how many times during that that or did he when he would come back after letting someone else speak? Did he thank them? His attitude of gratitude is is uh, um, his presence is wonderful, but his attitude of gratitude is something. If we can't, you know, be Tim Walls and be six foot three or four, and you know, just a big man with the presence to begin with, you can certainly copy his his uh, his demeanor because he really is coming from a great place. Before we put a bow on this one, I just want to go back to what we said off the top. If if you want to. Um, reach this uh, woman who has all this extraordinary contact and, and uh, an attitude of gratitude, you can reach Cindra at uh, Cindra at CindraCampoff.com. And, um, and if I can serve as a conduit to that through TimMcNiff.com, I'm, I'm happy to do that too. So, um, but, but certainly know that we are here for you. We're all in this together. We're so grateful that you're on this journey with us and that you've chosen to uh, take in this content because I know what it's meant for me and I certainly hope you're drawing just as much benefit for us. So before I let Cinder uh, send us off, I just want to say the Beyond Grit podcast was created to help you reach your peak potential. We'd love it if you check out this and the other great content that's offered on the NSC blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can leave us your questions and your comments. You can also find the Beyond Grit podcast on Spotify and an Apple podcast where we encourage you to please rate and review us. 
And that's how we get the opportunity to reach and help empower more people with Dr. Kampoff's brilliant content. I am Tim McNiff. It's my honor to be on this journey with you and with the one and only uh, Cinder Kampoff and Dr. Kampoff. Uh, I will give you the opportunity to close this one up. Everyone stay safe and be mentally strong. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSE blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.